What's up, guys? How we doing? Thanks for coming in, tuning in, and listening to another episode. This is Brian, and uh, thanks for listening to Brian Car 9949ers podcast. Let's talk about all the crazy stuff that's been going on. So, a lot of stuff. I guess first off, I'll just get uh, some of the news out of the way because we had some cool news this week. So, first off, um, Patrick Willis and Bryant Young are finalists for the Hall of Fame this year. So that's really exciting. Uh, Patrick Willis, personally for me, was one of the players that made me fall in love with the sport of football. Just watching him fly around like a demon. He was awesome. And uh, he definitely deserves to get in. I know some people will say that he had a short career, but every single year he was in the league, he was the best of the best, the best linebacker in the NFL, in my opinion. And uh, I don't think there's very many people who would argue with that. And then Bryant Young um, still holds the Niners record for sacks, I believe 10 years with the 49ers, maybe more. Um, but yeah, Bryant Young, defensive tackle. And uh, yeah, they are both finalists for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So yeah, I hope they make it in. That'd be cool. They both deserve it. Also, congrats Debo Samuel. Uh, Debo Samuel Jr. was born. So Debo Samuel is now Debo Samuel Sr., And uh, congrats to him. He did mention he's going to try and put, as a tribute to his newborn son, he's going to try and put Senior on his jersey since he named his son Debo Samuel Jr. Technically, he he named him, uh, it was uh, Tyshun Raekwon Samuel Jr. Because that's his actual name. Uh, But either way, Debo Senior had Debo Jr. So Debo's going to try and put Senior on the back of his jersey. Uh, this week, so hopefully that is able to happen. It'd be pretty cool. All right, let's talk about uh, Thumbgate. Dun dun dun. So as far as Thumbgate goes, the official report is that Jimmy is still questionable. Uh, we haven't been given anything official, but. It is a grade three UCL sprain. Now, the biggest thing is that today's Thursday. Jimmy has yet to throw the ball in practice. So it's now been three days that Jimmy has not practiced this week. He hasn't thrown a football this week. It has been 100% Trey Lance taking all the team with the first team reps. And uh, every day, the Jimmy does not throw a single football in practice. It's looking more and more like we're going to get Trey Lance. Uh, Jimmy has not been ruled out yet. So it sounds like they're just going to keep trying to test it and test it and see if he's good to go. But it's, it's now Thursday and Jimmy hasn't thrown a single football in practice. Trey's been taking all the first team reps and it's looking like it's going to be Trey. So, That's pretty exciting. Uh, We're going to get another game of Trey Lance. And 
as far as that goes, I guess the first thing we should get into is what we've been hearing about Trey Lance so far. And what we've been hearing from Trey about Trey Lance from a lot of different people in the organization is all very positive. So you'll remember when I came on last episode, I talked about how John Lynch, when he had an interview with Matt Mayoko uh, before the Titans game, he was talking about how he was getting much more consistent in his practice, his timing. He was getting uh, more accurate with his ball placement, things like that. Shanahan had mentioned that he had his best month of practice so far. Uh, Fred Warner, prior to the Titans game, had said that Trey has been improving a lot. He's been dicing up the team on defense, or he's been dicing up the defense, playing scout team. Uh, There's been some other things that have been said as well since then. Uh, For example, Fred Warner, some more detail as to his quote. He mentioned that about a month and a half or two months ago, he went up to... Um, he went up to Trey and he said, Hey Trey, you, we don't need you to run around and scramble so much here in practice. This is the time to make mistakes and to test yourself and try and get, see what you're able to do. Practice is the place to make mistakes, try and fit the balls in. We need you to do that. And apparently since Fred Warner had that talk with Trey Lance about a month and a half or two ago, he's taken his game up to a whole new level. Uh, Kittle, in uh, his interview today, he mentioned that Trey has become much more mature in the pocket. So meaning that he's getting a lot better at playing from the pocket, which is a good thing. And Jimmy Ward, he also mentioned today uh, when he met with the media, he mentioned how Trey Lance has been improving significantly and he's been doing a really good job fitting the ball into tight windows. He even got a couple past Jimmy Ward, which is pretty impressive because Jimmy Ward is really good. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, all around, there's been a whole lot of. It definitely seems, it definitely seems like the transition is taking place because all we've been hearing is, you know, it's, it's what are we hearing and what are we seeing? What are we hearing? Or I guess, what are we seeing first? Jimmy hasn't thrown a single football this week and we've seen Trey taking every single snap this week. Jimmy has not participated in practice, not even in a limited form. Jimmy, it's like every day he goes out there at the beginning of practice, he fiddles with his thumb a little bit, he goes over, talks to the trainers, talks to the doctors, and then he heads into the weight room or whatever. So, um, yeah, Jimmy, he hasn't been able to throw the ball. And then what are we hearing? Everything that we've been hearing this week is everyone on the team talking about how confident they are in Trey Lance and how much he's improved over the last two months. Now, we haven't seen Trey Lance play in over two months. I'm not going to count the Jacksonville game where he handed the ball off like three times and then scrambled for three yards. Like, I'm not going to count that. We took five snaps at the end of the game. But we haven't seen Trey since uh, week five in Arizona when he had the start. And... Because of that, because we hadn't seen that, actually... I went and I I rewatched um, 
the Arizona game. Uh, I guess technically I, I rewatched the All-22. Uh, I, I went in and I watched, uh, I think it was Jack Hammer. Uh, so Jack Hammer, he's a 40, he covers the 49ers. I think he's with Sports Illustrated. Uh, but Jack Hammer, he did a All-22 Arizona rewatch and film breakdown. So I went in, watched the whole thing, and it was good to go in there and rewatch it because there was there was some really, really impressive things that Trey Lance did in that game. And there was also a lot of just like rookie mistakes and things like that. And I would also say that I I really didn't like the play calling all that much. Uh, it was it was weird because he didn't at the time, if you'll remember. So at the time, he only completed about fifty-two or fifty-five percent of his passes, so not good. Um, but Brandon Ayuk was still kind of quote unquote in the doghouse, hadn't quite arrived. Remember, Brandon Ayuk got came out of the I don't know came out of hiding and showed up big time a couple weeks later after him and Shanahan had some words. So Brandon Ayuk uh, hadn't quite showed up. Uh, George Kittle wasn't there. So we didn't have George Kittle. We were we had Elijah Mitchell, but he was on like a snap count. He actually only carried the ball, I think, nine times that game. Uh, so he didn't really have all of... He didn't really have everything that he needed, and the team around him wasn't playing all that well. Now, the defense did pretty well. We ended up holding Arizona to, I think, 17 or 16 or 20 points or something like that, which is pretty impressive, but we were only able to score about 10 points. So it wasn't perfect, but there was also a lot of um, bad penalties. And there was, if way back, I remember the episode just like venting and being pissed off because it would like, Trey would have this really impressive play and then it would get negated by a penalty and then we'd have another penalty. And that game was very much the epitome of just like stacking mistakes. And we haven't seen this team stack mistakes in a while. And that was the problem that we were having earlier on in the year. So what basically what I'm getting at is that back then, Trey didn't have the weapons that he will have now. He's going to have Debo. He's going to have Kittle. He's going to have Brandon Ayuk, who's significantly playing a lot better than he was back then. We should have Elijah Mitchell back this week. Uh, At least that's what they're hoping. He's been practicing. He's been a limited participant in practice. So we're getting all those guys back. Uh, We also are not going to have to deal with J.J. Watt. And I remember J.J. Watt was wrecking the right side of our offensive line. Uh, we won't have Dwelly blocking, and Dwelly has basically been moved all the way to tight end number three because now we have Kittle back, and Charlie Warner has shown us that he is an upgrade as a blocker, and he's just about as good as a as a pass catcher as Dwelly is now. So the the play around Trey, what I'm getting at, is significantly improved. So. And we're not going to be playing against Arizona, who at the team was the hottest team in the NFL. And they had a really good defense. So what is around him is a good thing. Now, as far as what we saw from Trey in that game, we saw some good. We saw some bad. uh, We saw some very impressive throws. 
mostly we saw good decisions. The main things that were issues uh, that I want to see Trey work on this game. I want to see him work on his accuracy. He had a few throws that were just, uh, he just sailed them too high. So I hope that he works on that because I know that he has the ability to be extremely accurate. I think sometimes he just under, under, uh, just gets inside of his head a little bit and he just tries to force it in there. And so he gets not quite as good of his mechanics. And so it allows the ball to sail a little bit. So that was his first interception was he was like, basically, instead of just carefully stepping up in the pocket to avoid pressure, he like two took two big steps forward and launched it. And that was when he overthrew the receiver through the interception. Uh, the timing was also an issue on that play with the interception where he should have, when he hit his his drop step, he should have seen that Travis Benjamin was slowing down seen the opening and launched it in there and I uh, had the confidence to do that. That is one thing that I've noticed is that Trey Lance is unlike Jimmy and that Jimmy pretty much only throws inside the numbers over the middle, like short and intermediate over the middle, right? Trey is like the opposite. Trey does not like throwing over the middle. <laughs> And I think that's also one of the reasons why he has thrown so few interceptions throughout his career. Remember, he only threw one interception in his entire college career. And this season, he has three touchdowns to one interception. And I think it's because he likes to throw outside the numbers and he's very conservative with the ball. So I hope that he is able to work on his timing on those timing plays, you know, when you uh, you hit your three-step, your five-step drop, and then you just launch it having confidence that your guy is going to beat their guy against the play call. Um, so the timing, his accuracy, and uh, his rhythm passing, I want to see that being improved. Um, another thing that I really didn't like in the Arizona game was the amount of quarterback-designed runs. And... Trey got hurt in the process. Remember, Trey ran the ball 16 times versus Arizona. He did a really good job. He, if I remember correctly, I think he ran for 80-something yards, almost 90 yards. But what was interesting was I remember seeing something breaking down the numbers at the time and that on quarterback-designed runs, Trey only averaged about four yards per carry. However, on scrambles, meaning somebody's covered, you're working through your progressions, oh, I got a bail. Uh, I think he was averaging closer to seven or eight yards per carry on scrambles. So I have no problem with us using the threat of Trey's running ability. Uh, to keep the defense honest. However, I don't like the idea of having a lot of quarterback-designed runs. I think it makes much more sense to have option runs. So I would much rather have a zone read than a quarterback power. Zone read, you know, it's either you hand it off or you run with it, and it's based off of what the defensive end does, right? 
So I would much rather have that because that way you're not just running him into a mass of people and potentially having him get hurt again. Um, also, we will have we should have Elijah Mitchell back. Uh, we should be getting Trey Sermon back. They're saying that Trey Sermon should be activated off of injured reserve. So we should be getting Trey Sermon back. Uh, we have Jeff Wilson available currently, and we also have Jamichael Hasty. So if we have, excuse me, if we get Trey Sermon and Elijah Mitchell back this week, then we've got four running backs. So there's no need to have Trey run the ball 10 plus times. I would much rather have it be, if we have, if we give Trey maybe three designed quarterback runs, maybe a, a few zone reads, and then a few scrambles, that makes me feel a lot better than a half dozen quarterback powers. I, I really just don't want to see a whole bunch of, hey, we've got this uh, big athletic quarterback, let's just run him up the middle and run power. So... Yeah, that's kind of the main thing that I'll be looking for in terms of Trey. Uh, I want to see his accuracy, um, his timing and rhythm passing confidence. And I want to see more. I want to see it where his scrambling is where he picks up the majority of his rushing yards, not necessarily because he's doing a whole lot of designed quarterback runs. So uh, with that being said, again, it's been pretty much all good news as far as every, what everybody's been saying. Uh, Trent Williams had an interview, and he said that he had confidence that Trey would be able to get us the win. And the other big thing is just the matchup. Like, this Texans team, they are not good. Which, I think that's what I'm going to get into next, is I just spent the last hour and a half watching the Texans. Now, I am not a hardcore film junkie. I'm not that good at all 22 and all that kind of stuff. Um, usually what I do is I'll just pop on to NFL Game Pass and I'll do that condensed version where, you know, you can watch the entire game in 40 minutes and I'll watch two or three games. So I went and I watched the Texans last three games. And uh, this is kind of what I was able to figure out. And then we'll talk about matchups, strengths, weaknesses, and what any concerns would be and where we think we have the advantages and all that kind of stuff. So the Texans are not a good football team. They are 4 and 11. However, they have won their last two games. So the roster is, it's interesting in that it's probably the worst roster in the NFL, and it's literally just a bunch of guys on one-year contracts. It was kind of funny, like looking through it, it was just a whole bunch of, oh yeah, I remember that guy, just a whole bunch of that, a bunch of replacements, a bunch of veterans. Um, a lot of guys who play hard, who have NFL experience, but it's definitely a bottom five roster. So the three games that I watched, um, the most recent game that they had was the one that surprised everybody. And that was where they beat the chargers and they beat them big time. 
Now, that Chargers team was had COVID pretty bad. So I think, if I remember correctly, they didn't have Austin Eckler, their number one running back. They didn't have Mike Williams, if I, I think, their number two wide receiver. They didn't have Joey Bosa. They didn't have Derwin James. So they were missing a lot of their really, really good players. Now, obviously, they have Justin Herbert and so forth. Um, now, what I noticed when I was watching this game is the defense for the Texans is not good. It's not good. Um, I remember watching it and just thinking, like, they just look meh. Like, uh... It looks like it looks like a bunch of just average dudes out there playing football. It would be like if you had a draft and you just took the guy who was like 20th best at his position at every single position. And that's what you made a team out of. <laughs> so, it was a uh, it's kind of interesting. The um, scheme-wise, they they do play a lot of cover two. Now that will be an advantage with us because cover two, it does open up the run game because you have one less player in the box. So it'll be good for us whenever they do cover two because we'll be able to scheme up some big runs. That's another thing that I noticed is they aren't necessarily bad tacklers, but they were bad in terms of their pursuit and their angles and filling gaps. They allowed a lot of explosive runs. And to me, that sounds like Shanahan is just, you know, just getting ready for it. You know, just like licking his chops like, oh, yeah, we're going to get some explosive runs in here. So... That was one thing that definitely stood out. Um, overall, though, I mean, honestly, like nothing stood out on their defense. Now, the way they beat the Chargers, it's pretty simple. Their offense was actually good. Their offense was decent, you know, versus a depleted Chargers defense. Uh, Davis Mills was good. And on the Chargers side, uh, Justin Herbert threw an early interception so he lost possession there. Then later on in the game, their running back fumbled and the Texans recovered. And then near the end of the game, uh, Justin Herbert threw a pick six. So you figure they were plus three in the turnover margin in that game. And that's how you win a game pretty easily is you win the turnover margin by three and you just make your offense do something. So the other thing that I noticed watching the Chargers was David Mills. Um, I got to give credit for David Mills or Davis Mills. He is, he's looked pretty good. He started out this season not very well. Uh, if I remember correctly, they started out this season with Tyrod Taylor and he played a couple games, got hurt. Then Davis Mills came in, played badly for a few weeks then Tarod Taylor came back, played a couple games, was bad. And then Davis Mills came in as a, to replace him after a couple weeks. And then David Mills has been playing a lot better. So I think Davis Mills now has about eight or nine starts this season. 
And versus the Chargers, he looked really good. Uh, I don't remember his exact stat line, but what I'll tell you is that watching their offense, their offense is, it's kind of simple. They basically only do about like five things. Um, They run like an outside zone toss and then they do an inside run. Uh, then after they do that, they'll do a screen pass. They do lots of screens. Then they'll do a quick passing game. Davis mill will check the ball down. And then on occasion, if they get a good one-on-one matchup on the outside, Davis mills will go deep outside the numbers and he's got a good arm. He can make, uh, I, I saw him make multiple, 30, 40 yard passes uh, down the sidelines. And it was pretty impressive to see. He's got a good arm. And he was also pretty accurate, intermediate over the middle. So that kind of 10 to 20 yard range over the middle, he was accurate there. So like I said, it's basically they do run game, run game, then they do a screen pass, then they do a quick pass, then they'll do it deep outside the numbers or intermediate over the middle. And that's pretty much all they do. Um, But Davis Mills, as a rookie, he's been pretty good the last couple of games doing that. Again, they've won their last two games. I do realize that they beat a depleted Chargers and they beat the Jaguars and the Jags are terrible. But still, you win two in a row and you did win two in a row. And Davis Mills looked good last week. So, you know, you got to give him props. Um... I will also say that I did like Davis Mills as a draft prospect. So before we traded up to get Trey Lance, um, when we were still sitting at 12, I remember thinking like, you know, we're probably going to go defense at 12. So either an edge rusher or a corner. And there was a couple of corners I really liked at 12. But I was also thinking if we're not going to get one of these you know, really, really good quarterbacks at 12, then I think Davis Mills would be a good pickup in the second or third round. And I would have actually liked that if if we didn't move up to three, if we had stayed at 12, like if we had just stayed where we were, if we had picked up Davis Mills in the second round as a developmental prospect, that was something that I had my eye on. And again, he's played pretty well so far uh, these last couple of games. So the defense is absolutely terrible. Uh, According to DVOA, so Football Outsiders, their DVOA is like a value over average or value based off of average of what's expected. So their offense and their defense are both ranked in the bottom three. (laughs) So very, 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 very bad in terms of offense and defense. So... Again, that was the Chargers game versus the versus the Jags. They did not dominate the Jags as much as they dominated the Chargers. And that was kind of watching the Chargers game. I was like, wow, I am impressed. Then I watched the Jags game and I was like, mm, not quite as impressed because you should have dominated the Jags if you were actually that good. And what I noticed in this game was same thing. You know, it was like they just kind of looked like a bunch of meh players on defense. They didn't take good pursuit angles. Um, They're solid tacklers, 
but they don't break up a ton of passes. Uh, again, they don't have good pass defense. They have a very bad run defense. And it's it's just a bunch of veterans out there who play hard that are okay. Now, I also watched the Seattle Seahawks game, and that game was surprisingly close for the first half. Uh, and then Russell Wilson did his Russell Wilson thing where, you know, he runs around for five seconds and he throws a 50 yard bomb. So he had a couple of those and they also had a couple of very, they had a couple explosive rushing touchdowns. I think Rashad Penny had two 20 plus yard rushing touchdowns uh, against the Texans. So um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what we're looking at is they, their quarterback, he's been playing well this last week or two. They try to run the ball, but they don't really have any good running backs. They don't have good offensive lines. They just kind of hope that they can hit a hole. Uh, but they've got like Rex Burkhead, um, Devon, Devontae Freeman, Royce, Royce Freeman. Yeah, Royce Freeman. Remember him? And they've got David Johnson. Remember he knew he was like the best running back in the NFL like six years ago. So those are like their, their three running backs. It's like three. Oh yeah. I remember him. Three of those guys in terms of their wide receivers. Uh, they do have Brandon cooks and Brandon cooks is still really good. Um, it's incredible what Brandon Cooks has been able to do. He's been traded like three times for a first-round pick, and no matter where he goes, he's a 1,000-yard receiver. So he's still good. Uh, they've also got a rookie, Nico Collins, who has been playing okay, and then just a couple other guys. They've got some tight ends. Um, again, it's, it's just a bunch of... Oh yeah, I remember he's a guy. I remember he was a he was a veteran. They just have a bunch of vets on like one year deals. Hopefully this background noise isn't too bad. My cat is deciding to take a walk on the uh, treadmill, the kitty treadmill. So yeah, that's their offense. Uh, one of the interesting things that I did see is that against the Chargers, they did run a lot of very heavy sets. Sorry, one second. I'm going to pause this. All right, there we go. Sorry about that. My cat, for some reason, always decides that she wants to go on a walk on her kitty treadmill every time I start recording. And now she's giving me the stink eye. Sorry, cat. You will you will have to wait until I'm done recording. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's, that's basically what I saw from this Texans team over the last three weeks is... They try and run the ball because they want to help out their rookie quarterback. Uh, their rookie quarterback, he looks good in what they do ask him to do. So again, they don't ask him to do a lot, a lot of screen game, a lot of quick passes. Um, and then on his, the deeper, longer developing plays, it's typically deep outside the numbers or intermediate over the middle, which he is good at and he trusts his arm to do. But that's pretty much, it's a fairly simple offense. And then again, as far as their defense, their defense is bottom three in the NFL. And they also like to run a lot of cover too, which is very good to run against. So we definitely have some advantages there. 
Now, as far as concerns go, the the one thing that I did see where they're actually good at is special teams, ironically. Uh, their DVOA for special teams is actually ninth. And I did see in the Seattle game, their kicker made a 61-yard field goal. So that was... That's pretty impressive. I wish that we had a guy who could do that. But we don't. We have Robbie Gold. Um, but yeah, I did notice that their defense, their uh, special teams was pretty good. Um, also, I do think it's funny that their punter looks like Bill Burr, the comedian. Uh, if you don't know who Bill Burr is, look up the... Look up the Texans punter and then look up Bill Burr. And it's pretty funny. They look uh, fairly similar. Uh, but Bill Burr is like one of my favorite comedians. And I, just, I find it hilarious whenever you see him on the, see their punter on the bench. And I'm like, oh, when did Bill Burr decide to start punting in his spare time? <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, what can we expect? I mean, I got to be honest. I feel like. I really don't know what this game is going to be like, but I am very excited about it. I could see it going a lot of different ways, and I only say that because this 49ers team is basically Jerkle and Hyde, where like one week they crush teams, and then the next week they lose in a stupid way. And this should be, should be a game like the Falcons game where it's, you should dominate this team, and we dominate this team. But, that being said, there are some things that we don't really know. So, we don't know how Trey Lance is going to play. We don't know how their scheme is going to match up necessarily with ours. So, one thing I will say is that Davis Mills has, he's very fast to throw. He doesn't have like the quickest, amazing release. It's pretty good, but he is a very quick decision maker and he throws the ball quickly. That was one of the things I really liked about him coming out of college was he had one of the fastest um, times to throw in the, as far as quarterback prospects in the upcoming draft. And if he's getting the ball out really quickly, then, and they do a lot of, again, they do a lot of screens and they do a lot of quick passing and he's a very quick processor. So with that happening, it does make me wonder how our pass rush is going to do. Now their offensive line is not good. So we should be able to generate some pressure and sack him. But that is just my one. I have I have these little concerns, and maybe it's just because I'm nervous because we shit the bed losing to a Tennessee game that we Tennessee team that we should have beat, and now it Trey hasn't played in two months, and now we might have him. So I'm a little nervous. I'm just trying to come up figure out what the uh, what the weird mismatches are going to be. Um, honestly, that's the main thing. The main thing is that he has a quick release, so I do wonder about how fast we'll be able to get pressure. And like I mentioned, he does like to take shots deep outside the numbers. So he will test Josh Norman 
and Ambry Thomas. So I really hope to God that Josh Norman does not get totally toasted all game on Sunday because if Josh Norman gets beat, like if Josh Norman has to line up against Brandon Cooks and just get roasted all day, and all that we get is Davis Mills throwing it deep to Brandon Cooks on Josh Norman and then them getting like defensive pass interference calls and just big completions to Brandon Cooks like that that would be a concern of mine you know just drop back 1000 1002 heave it deep and you know think that Brandon Cooks is going to beat Josh Norman cuz I'm pretty sure he will I actually feel better about Ambry Thomas because Ambry Thomas has showed us the last couple weeks that remember what I was talking about in the last episode. So three weeks ago, he goes out. It's his first game starting. He's pretty good in terms of sticking with his guy, but he had a couple bad penalties at bad times, hands to the face that he later corrected, and he did get beat on a couple moves deep, right? But game two, he corrected it. Game two, he didn't have any penalties that I remember. And he was stu- he stuck to his guy. He was always in phase. He just wasn't able to make a play on the ball at the catch point. Then, last week, his third start, not only was he in phase with his guy most of the time, but he had two pass breakups. So I actually feel better about Ambry Thomas than Josh Norman. Uh, That shouldn't surprise you, though, because I hate seeing Josh Norman out there. (laughs) Uh, But those would probably be that would probably be my two main concerns is the quick passing game and the deep passing game from them, because I don't think they're going to be able to run on us. Their offensive line just isn't good enough. They're not big enough. They're not physical enough. Um I guess my one other concern would be on offense is I did notice that they were running a lot of heavy personnel sets. So like two and three tight end sets against the chargers. And with us not having a Z's back, uh, I believe he's out for the rest of the season, at least two or three weeks. They didn't put him on IR, um, but he may or may not come back if we make the playoffs. Um, and same thing with Dre Greenlaw. We don't know if he'll be back this week or it's more likely looking like the Rams game. So if if we have to face a bunch of heavy sets with our backup backup linebackers, I also don't really like that. So, yeah. I mean, again, it's not the end of the world. I'm just trying to... I was trying to figure out what matchups I really don't like. And I would say those are, that's probably it. Um, as far as our offense versus their defense, I really don't have that much concern. They were, they were pretty terrible. Just in general, they were bad. Uh, they just looked like a bunch of dudes. And like none of them were special. Uh, they have... They did generate some turnovers. Again, I mentioned that. They generated a bunch of turnovers against the Chargers, so we'll have to be careful with that. Uh, Outside of that, though, I mean, we should, keyword should, be able to run up and down the field and just run the ball down their throat. And I think that's what Shanahan is going to want to do. I think that 
Shanahan saw what happened last week and he sees that we're going to have to put Trey in there and he's not going to want Trey throwing the ball 30 or 40 times. So, you know what? We're getting back Elijah Mitchell. We should be getting Trey Sermon. We've got Jeff Wilson. We've got Jamichael Hasty. We've got check. We've got Kittle. We've got Warner. We've got the best blocking and best left tackle, period, in the NFL. We've got a really good left guard. Uh, Tom Compton has been run blocking well. Alex Mack is solid. We should be able to just run this ball like 40 times. And... Uh, I think that's really going to be the key. I think that's what they're game planning. And I think it's a good thing. So, yeah. I I think that what we're going to look at is... I don't know how the game flow is going to be. But what I don't want to have happen... I don't want to see us... Go three and out early in the game and allow them a couple scoring drives. Um, that's basically the only way that I see this game not going our way is if they take if they take like a, a 13 or 14 point lead over us in the first half to the point where we have to play catch up ball with Trey. Um, not to say that we can't because I still think that uh, I still think that on pretty much every position and every matchup on the field, we have the advantage, but that would be the one concern that I have as to why this game doesn't go our way. The Vegas line, I believe at the moment is 12 points. So the Niners are viewed as 12 point favorites, which is quite a big number. So, um, what are your thoughts? I, I, I will say though, now that I've got all that out of the way and I've told you about all my fears and everything after watching them win their last two games against a depleted Jag, a depleted Chargers, a terrible Jags, and they lost to the Seahawks, we should be able to stomp this team. And I'm just excited to see Trey and I think that our defense is going to shut them down. I think that D'Amico Ryans is a good enough defensive coordinator that he is, and he specifically mentioned it in his interview. He mentioned, you know, they have a lot of screens, they have a lot of quick game, they run the ball a lot. And I think that he is going to have this team coached up, especially remember, we played a Thursday night game, so we've got an extra like two or three days of rest and preparation. So I think this team... They're going to come out. They're going to be pissed off about losing last week. We're going to want to show the NFL, hey, by the way, we do deserve to go to the playoffs. And we basically, at this point, with with the Saints losing to the Dolphins, if we win out, we are in the playoffs. If we lose one of our final two games it gets a little tricky. So they mentioned like they basically view this right now as the playoffs, meaning you win or you're done. So I expect this team to come out, come out firing. I expect Trey to play well because 
I saw a lot of a lot of things that I liked in the Arizona game that he played. I saw some things that were coachable that needed to be improved, but it sounds like by all the reports and everything that everybody's been saying, Trey has made very, very big strides over the last one, two months. So if Trey has made big improvements over the last two months, our team is fired up, wanting to kick some ass. We have a healthy run game. We have a very good defense. Uh, I don't know exactly, but I think DVOA, we're ranked around top 10 in defense. And then you add into that, like they're one of the worst teams in the NFL. We should stomp this team. So um, I don't have a prediction. I just, I wanted to come in and wanted to share what I saw, what my concerns were. Um, Yeah, I really don't know what a prediction is. So I could see us putting up, I could see us putting up, you know, I got to be honest, I really have no idea what to expect because we're probably going to have Trey Lance and that could be a good thing or it could mean that it's a low scoring game and we got to win off our defense. Either way, I do expect to win and if if this is the beginning of the Trey Lance, uh, the beginning of Trey Lance taking the reins from here on out, if last week was Jimmy's last game played with the 49ers, then I'm ready for it. I, I really did a lot of, I really did enjoy a lot of what Jimmy did in terms of, I totally understand that Jimmy is not an elite quarterback. But what Jimmy did was when Jimmy came in, this team started out the first year with Shanahan. I think it was 0-8 or 0-9, something like that. And we traded for Jimmy And then he started, and the moment he came in, it felt like he was in control, and this was the dude. C.J. Beathard goes down with an injury. There's a minute left. We're losing by multiple scores in Seattle. But you know what? Jimmy drives down and gets us a touchdown to win the game, and it's like, whoa. I think think this guy has something. Just the way that he was clutch and just throwing darts. You know, and then he goes on and he wins one game after the next, after the next, he ends up going five and oh to finish the season. I remember, I remember just watching and that was one of the funnest months of football. It was like, yeah, you know what? We're not going to the playoffs. The team sucks. This wasn't a good year, but Damn it, we just got this quarterback who won us five games in a row after a 10 losses in a season. And he looks legit like we might have a guy. And then obviously the ACL happened and it sucked. But then 2019 happened. And I know Jimmy was not the leader in 2019. Um, he was carried by an elite run game, and the best defense in the NFL. 
or maybe the second best defense in the NFL if you want to be nitpicky. Um, but yeah, like we had an elite run game, we had an elite defense, and Jimmy was clutch. Jimmy was clutch in a couple games when we needed him, and he wasn't perfect. But damn it, we went to the Super Bowl. And it was so fun. It was like, that was that was the funnest season that I can remember. I loved the Harbaugh years. Those were fun. But 2019, I think, was the most fun that I've had watching uh, a 49ers season. And uh, I'm not old enough to... Or I guess I, I didn't really watch football growing up, so I didn't have a chance to watch the Joe Montana and the Steve Young years. But it was so fun in 2019. Just out of nowhere, the Niners go out and just plow, destroy the NFL and go to the Super Bowl. And you know what? Jimmy had a couple batted passes in the Super Bowl and he missed that throw to Emmanuel Sanders and we didn't win it. And it really sucked. Um... But you know what? When he's played, he's mostly won games, and he's usually good when he's not throwing idiot interceptions. And the entire time, Jimmy has always been a classy guy and just the ultimate teammate. Like, I've I've never, ever heard Jimmy throw a guy under the bus. I know that sometimes I will criticize him for saying... We need to play better when it's like, Jimmy, uh, the team did not throw two interceptions, nearly three interceptions. You need to play better against the Texans. I really sometimes wish he would own up to that and say, I need to play better. But, I mean, that's like, come on. like the, The dude has been just a total class act. He's been a true professional even through the craziness that we've had this year of trading up to number three and all the rumors and is he going to get traded and the uh, the front office flirting with every other available quarterback, Jimmy has always been the ultimate professional. And I got to give him mad props for that. I mean, he's just, he's always been a good dude. And if that was the last game that we had with Jimmy last week. It sucks that he goes out on a loss, but I I will definitely say that I do have fond memories of the Jimmy Garoppolo era. Specifically 2019 and the five games to finish the 2017 season. So even though it was only a season and a half, I really, really enjoyed a season and a half of Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, even if he was injured for another two years. Um, But yeah, so if that's what it is, then that's what it is. I don't think I have a whole left to go over. Um, So yeah, again, congratulations to Debo for Debo Jr., It's looking like it's going to be Trey Lance, and uh, it's exciting to see that. I uh, I can't wait. Now, I guess before I leave, I 
I'm kind of wondering what the offense is going to look like this week. I'm really hoping that Shanahan keeps the offense the same and he doesn't try and install a whole new offense like he did against the, the Cardinals. I think that was one of the reasons why we had so much struggles earlier on in the season was Shanahan was trying to run two different offenses and prepare the team for two different quarterbacks simultaneously. And that's what was causing a lot of the issues with the offense. Because uh, it was like we didn't have an offensive identity. And then when Trey did come in, it was a lot of dumb offensive penalties. And nothing really seemed to get in rhythm and flow until like the Chicago game. So I really hope that Shanahan basically says, hey, you know what? We're going to do pretty much what we've been doing on offense because we know it works. I'm just going to add a couple wrinkles here and there. You know, I know Trey can make that 50 yard throw. So maybe I'll just throw in one or two play action shot plays where, you know, you're going to take a shot for 50 yards. Maybe I'll just sprinkle in into my run game. I'll sprinkle in a couple zone reads. So I'm hoping that he just adds a couple wrinkles here and there and he doesn't necessarily try to change the entire offense just because it's a different quarterback. Because if he just tries to change the entire offense and run it very differently than we have been running, then that would be a, that would be a cause for concern. Cause I could see that messing with the chemistry of the offense. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, like, I hope I don't sound like I'm I'm down on the matchup. Um, I think it's going to be a fun game. Again, Davis Mills looks fun. Their defense is terrible. This is the perfect place for Trey to start versus a bottom five team and a bottom five defense in the NFL. And hopefully Trey takes us to the playoffs. So we're going to the Trey-offs. I've heard some people say that. <laughs> going to be a good time. Anyways, uh, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, Like, subscribe, give me some feedback, give me a follow, all that kind of stuff. I'm on Twitter. That's pretty much where I talk about all, all my 49er stuff. So yeah, appreciate it. Have a good one. Peace out. Go Niners.